All right, we're getting ready for Miss Lois Powers with the current event poetry that she writes each week. Miss Powers, we're looking forward to what you have for us on today. I'm looking like my microphones are taking a little bit of time opening up. Give us one moment here. Miss Powers, are you ready? Yes, I am. All right, I'm turning it over to you. Okay, thank you, Catherine. The first poem is Homeland Security. You place our homeland security in jeopardy? What's that all about? You keep fighting with the president on every issue he tries to bring about. Just annihilate the universe because you can't see beyond your Pinocchio nose. Destroy all the people to get at the president. Will you win? Will you win in the end? No matter how much opposition and slander, all your objections just show your prejudice, your stupidity, how small of a person, how small of a person you really are. Accept the fact that we have a black, a black president who's for all the people, not just a few. Stop closing all the doors and windows shut. All your immature acts reflect, reflect back on you. Yes, yes, Republicans, we're talking about you. Go ahead, impeach the president. Who will replace him? You're smarter than the creator. You profess you don't believe in God. When God created the universe, flung the stars, the moon, the sun, and the sky, tell me all you haters, Satan lovers, where, where, where were you? Go and destroy Homeland Security. We're all going down with the ship, including you. The sooner the better, then you can close your lying lips. If you start the ball rolling, you'll be powerless to know where it's going to rest. Keep on exercising ignorance because you don't seem to know how to stop. Back off before it's too late. You can never go back and turn back the time. Evil thoughts and idle hands are a menace to you. Remember while you're making preparations for someone else's funeral, someone's making arrangements for yours. God still holds the world in the palm of his hands. Homeland Security, Homeland Security will stand. The next poem is Cancer, Cancer of the Mouth. Mayor Juliana, when did you develop cancer, cancer of the mouth? Stop worrying yourself about the president's religion. He's not worried about yours. Concentrate on your own soul so you can make it in. Whatever Obama's religion, he's not accountable to you. You need to question your own beliefs because a true, a true, true Christian don't have cancer of the mouth. That is being exhibited every day by you. When you dig a ditch and try to make ill will for another, you're working in Satan's vineyard. You're not showing any Christian love for your brother. Cancer, cancer of the mouth. Is the disease that's destroying our great nation today. Your foot, your foot in your mouth, one day is going to choke you and bury you alive. The president is a real Christian because he's paying no rabid-ass attention to you and your vicious lies. Instead of building the president up and holding him in high esteem, you're constantly tearing him down because he's black. Your action depicts the definition of what's a devil mean. You really fall in this category. You need to clean up your act. The president don't need your insecure, insincere apology from such a small person as you. He's a big person. He doesn't need to stoop to your level. 
that's the reason he's president and not you. Why wouldn't you vote for president since you have so much on the ball? Go somewhere and hide. You're a disgrace to us all. You so-called Christians that have cancer, cancer of the mouth, wash your mouth out with lye soap and water so you can clean your cancerous, foul mouth out. You can't destroy President Obama because the almighty God, thank God, got the black brothers back. The next poem is, we know, we know your name. You're 26, 26 years old. Everyone, everyone knows your name. You're the notorious beheader. You're the beheader. Have you no shame? Can you still walk and hold your head high since everyone knows who you are? Are you afraid for the safety of your family since everyone knows your name? How can you protect your family since committing crime has been your fame and your only lame game? Your mask has been uncovered. You can no longer hide your ID. Now you walk in fear, wondering, oh, Lord, will the next beheading be me? We pray that you're caught very, very soon. We have no desire to see you exercise your craft yet another day. Time to get another hobby. This one is definitely not designed for you. You'll no longer be able to walk the universe without looking over your back. You have a right to be worried because you know, you know you're going to be attacked. It's different when you're no longer in the driver's seat. It's now your turn to sweat. Wondering, is this the day I'm going to breathe my last breath? Lord, oh, Lord, if I could just live my life over, how different it would be. I'd rather serve the living God, the one that created me. Jesus, Jesus, I knew right from wrong. There is no excuse, no excuse for me. I came from a good Christian family, a good home. I got caught up in something that was bigger than me. I let Satan make a fool a fool out of me. The wages of sin is death. I would like to ask for forgiveness before, before I draw my last breath. Maybe, maybe I can get revenge on Satan. Hopefully when I cross over, the saints will welcome me. We know, we know your name. Thank you, Catherine. You can get my poetry, free poetry by writing post office box, uh, 558. Glen Olin, Pennsylvania, 19036, and then I will send you a list of all my books. Again, that's Post Office Box 558, Glen Olin, Pennsylvania, 19036. I will send you free poetry and a list of my books. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Ms. Powers, and we'll talk with you on next week, all right? Thank you very much. Bye-bye. There will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing. If you're waiting for that perfect, perfect moment, that perfect timing is not going to happen. You know what you have to do? You have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation. That so a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing, they stop wanting anything, they, they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like, jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. 
When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it? That you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you, it may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, you want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs and they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard we will find inventions that we never ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. Question is what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day. Workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. That the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself.
There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a saying that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for, to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep if all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams, yes to your unfolding future, yes to your potential, as opposed to saying no. When you die, die on east. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Do you know anyone who has lost all their hair due to a medical condition, including hormone imbalance, menopause, or aging? We sell a range of beauty products with the focus on eyes, eyebrows, and hair loss. We also help people who have undergone chemotherapy. We can create new eyebrows within minutes and help you get your own beautiful head of hair back within weeks. Guaranteed results within four to six weeks. Visit V as in Victor, Z as in Zebra, hairandglamour.com. a mom who has a daughter who's approaching puberty? Do you worry about how to prepare her both physically and emotionally? This can be a very special time for you to bond with your daughter. It doesn't have to be stressful or embarrassing for either of you. Introducing help in the form of a book called Girls, It's Time for a Change. Available from Amazon on October 30th, 2014 or visit www.girlsitstimeforachange.com There is something mysterious about the deaths of Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and Jim Morrison. They were members of the 27 Club, which consists of young musicians at the height of their careers cut short. Introducing Knock, Knock, Knocking on Heaven's Door, a novel where these three find themselves on stage being interviewed by Jesus, one by one, they relive their lives on earth. Are they dead or alive? Are they in heaven or hell? To find out, search Knock Knock Knocking on Heaven's Door on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or head to the author's site, sbprabooks.com forward slash Tammy Lyons, T-A-M-M-Y-L-Y-O-N-S. With my eyes filled up with tears 
This is not the way I plan my life. Thought you would always be there. Wasn't the least bit prepared. You walked out the door, didn't care no more. But now. have goals and dreams. Did you ever think that your job could be holding you back? After you work your 40 plus hours a week and pay your bills, what do you have left? When was the last time you were able to get away? Goodnewstravels.paycation.com is your ticket to paradise. Start living the life you've always wanted where you no longer have to worry about the corporation's goals and bottom line. Goodnewstravels.paycation.com will show you how simple it is to have ownership in the largest industry in the world. There are no limits to your earnings, and you're the one reaping the benefits of your hard work, not your boss. Start living your life 
and goodnewstravels.paycation.com will help you achieve your goals. Where is God is a simple read. It tackles difficult issues and digs into the issues of existence or non-existence of God in the world. This book is great for both people who believe in God and those who don't. Where is God will answer many of your questions and prompt new ones. Grab your copy of Where is God today at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and local bookstores. Life can be very stressful, and there's nothing wrong with admitting you need help navigating through life's tough waters. Epiphany Guidance Treatment and Counseling Services offers telephone counseling services. Epiphany Guidance Counseling and Treatment Services has an unconditional commitment to providing compassionate, highly skilled, innovative mental health and substance abuse services to children, adults, and families. Their mission is to provide mental health services for individuals who are in need of emotional, psychological, professional and behavioral support. They offer affordable pricing and packages so you can get started right away. Call 678-615-1666 and learn how Epiphany Guidance Treatment and Counseling Services can help you. 678-615-1666 or email them info at egtcs.com. Epiphany Guidance Treatment and Counseling Services. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your daily dose of weird news. Authorities in Florida say a man and woman who were intoxicated had to be rescued after falling asleep in a dumpster that was later emptied into a garbage truck. Police say the couple had been sleeping in a dumpster outside a convenience store near Tampa early last Wednesday. When the dumpster was emptied into the back of the garbage truck, they started screaming and banging on the sides of the truck. Deputies originally believed they were homeless, but learned that they were highly intoxicated after hanging out at a nearby casino. Well, they weren't homeless before, then they went to the casino, so now who knows. A man who is unhappy with a recent haircut faces criminal charges after police say he became enraged and threw items around a Connecticut salon. Police say 47-year-old Alan Becker was angered further when he learned the trim he got was going to cost him $50. Becker allegedly kicked a hole in a salon wall, became hostile towards staff and customers, and threw a candle display and other items, and then left. Becker reportedly returned later and demanded that his hair be fixed, but the salon refused. He did, however, look stylish in his mugshot. Oh yeah, and he's going to love the price for a haircut in jail. Washington State burglary suspect tried to evade capture by crawling inside an apartment building's ventilation ducts. But he got stuck in the duct and had to be rescued by police. After that, he's going to find a jail cell positively roomy. Three Brooklyn men, ages 19, 24, and 30, all with completely unpronounceable names if you only speak American, were arrested this week for supporting ISIS. And their Kickstarter project was immediately shut down too. Winter has dipped into the South to put a stop to Winter Jam. The Christian rock concert show in Tupelo, Mississippi had to be canceled due to the weather. In case you didn't catch that, the Winter Jam was canceled on account of winter. Seattle Seahawks running back Marshawn Lynch has filed for the trademark to the phrase, I'm just here so I won't get fined with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. 
Lynch uttered the phrase as the answer to more than 20 questions on Super Bowl Media Day before walking off the podium. He's also applying for You're Fired, Winning, and Where's the Beef? How much would you pay for a pair of pants with a 25-year guarantee? A new Kickstarter is selling the quarter-century pant, a khaki pant with a 25-year guarantee for $85. The quarter-century pants are made in the USA and use the highest quality 3-ply 100% cotton twill fabric, an extremely rare fabric. It's designed to have an amazing soft feel but withstand the toughest wear. The pants also have a reinforced crotch and military-grade hardware, meaning that liberals will want the pants labeled as assault weapons and require a license and background check before buying them. The Chinese say they are going to walk on the moon by the year 2024. They won't need a spaceship to get there, though. They're just going to stand on each other's shoulders. That's your daily dose of weird news. I'm Darren Marlar. Get more weird news anytime, anywhere at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. While you're there, you can download the free app for Apple or Android, subscribe to my YouTube channel, visit me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and more. Check it out at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. If you have not stopped by the website, ThisNeedsToBeSaid.com, do so right now. You can go from your phone, your smartphone, very smartphone, and smartphone user you, and you can check out our TV campaign to get us back on television. This time we're going to be on commercial television. So this is a big opportunity for a lot of things. Business owners, small business owners who have small marketing budgets, you can affordably advertise your business so that you can grow because we are going to be in very close to 400,000 homes. 389000 to be exact, and that's a big reach for your small business, and you want it to be filled to overflowing, right? So you want to be with This Needs to Be Said TV. Uh, another way, another opportunity is to have your name in lights, to have your name on every episode that we do in the closing credits, and you can do that by contributing to our campaign. Again, you can find this on thisneedstobesaid.com. There's so much out there, you don't want to miss anything. You get to meet the commentators on the page, as well as you are able to download our text club and our free phone apps. You don't want to miss any episodes of This Needs to Be Said, and you definitely don't want to be out of the loop when it comes to what's going on with the television show. You want to be the first to know. So if we're giving away money or free seats in the audience or any other prizes, you would be one of the first people to know. You don't want to miss that. We had 27 new subscribers on last week. So I just I don't want you to miss out because those people saw an opportunity and they're jumping right on it. They want to be in the loop. They want to be included. Didn't you enjoy Miss Lois Powers' current event poetry? Well, I'm going to give you that address again because she's given you free copies of her work. If you just write her a letter, P.O. Box 558, Glen Olden, Pennsylvania, 19036, and that's G-L-E-N-O-L-D-E-N, Glen Olden, Pennsylvania. So that's PA, for those of you who didn't pay attention in geography class like myself. I had to go search that on the website, all right? And Daily Dose of Weird News, I tell you, it keeps getting stranger and stranger. I want to talk about finding your truth, and we're going to do that after a short commercial break. Finding your truth is living the life that you carve out for yourself, all right? And we've talked about, you know, 
parenting differently than your parents did. And, of course, as your parents seem to get older and more mature, they do things a little bit differently, like they're softer on the grandkids, right? Well, we're going to talk about focusing, how you get involved in situations you know that you want to, say, work out your credit or you want to lose weight, but you've set a goal that you have allowed life to happen. After this break, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about being focused, finding your truth and being focused. Do you want to know what men are really thinking? Do you want to know why you are not married yet? Well, come join us and have a sit-down as we have a candid conversation with an all-male panel featuring authors Terry Bam, Derek Jackson, and Troy Spree on topics such as love, relationships, dating, sending the wrong signals. What are we really communicating to men? Answers to preparing for marriage, and more. So we can get the truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us all, ladies, directly from a male's perspective. So go, register at melissamagazine.com. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-M-A-G-A-Z-I-N-E.com. Registration is only $25. Hope to see you there. For homemade candles made right here in the USA, look no further. Terran's homemade candles are made with Golden Brand soy wax, liquid dye, and essential oils. All supplies are purchased in the U.S., and candles are only shipped to U.S. addresses at this time. Take a look at these beautifully fragrant candles at tarinshomemadecandles.com. How would you like to have a workout program that matches precisely to your life, your sport, your goals? TRX Training is body weight exercise with hundreds of moves designed to deliver fast, effective workouts to build strength, power, endurance, and mobility. Purchase with WB No Excuses and contact William at directory.trxtraining.com forward slash trainers forward slash 8909 to receive any premium workout DVD up to $5.95. Free shipping with purchases of $150 or more. That's directory.trxtraining.com forward slash trainers forward slash 8909. Pleasant Pumps are the world's first comfortable, blister-proof high heels, making beauty no longer painful. Visit PleasantPumps.com. Pleasant Pumps, soft heels for strong women. As a small business owner, can you say you've done all you can do to protect your customers' data? Small business does not mean small data. If large companies can be hacked, Small businesses are especially vulnerable. Blind luck is no substitute for proper cybersecurity. Let the professionals at Archangel Network Security protect your network and bring you into compliance with complex government regulations. Go to ArchangelNetSecurity.com today. This needs to be said. 
All right. We want to talk about finding your truth just before our special guest, who will be joining us monthly, by the way, Attorney Jim Bendell, personal injury attorney. I want to talk to you about focusing on your goals. And in this, you're finding your truth. And, yes, you can Google search any kind of formula, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven through ten steps on how to reach your goals, set and reach any goals. So that's not the problem. Like, continue to use those tools. It's when you get happy and you've fallen in love or you decided that, you know, I'm okay with being the size that I am, so you get off your diet regimen. Whatever that goal was, clearing up your credit, whatever it is, you're needing to discover it your own way. Your parents have their own way of doing it. Your friends, um, other family members, people in your community, they have their way that their that goal should be set. And what happens is instead of you deciding, I found this formula and I'm going to see if it works for me, we find a formula for, let's say, repairing your credit, and you talk to everybody about it, and you may have a couple of friends that are going along with you. They may have joined a site like creditkarma.com, and, you know, for a couple of months you are going back and forth, and did you check your score? Did anything change? I got to dispute this item, and they lose momentum, and so you lose momentum. Nobody's talking about it anymore, so you're no longer focused. Was it your truth that you wanted to clear up your credit? Did you have a good reason you wanted to clear up your credit? And the answer just really may be no. Why were you going to clear up your credit to begin with? Why did you even think you needed to clear up your credit? What was that about? Were you deciding to buy a house and the house that you were looking at got sold, so you decided not to look at another house? Like finding your deep reason for why you're doing something is going to help you maintain your focus. True story for myself. I was working on my credit, have been working on my credit. Um, Tani, AskTani.com, was one of the commentators on the show. So she's shown us and taught us a lot of stuff, and I knew for sure I was going to stick with it. Well, I just kind of got distracted, and I was kind of sort of doing it, and I, I had the credit cards, and I was kind of managing it, you know, the way I was supposed to, and then I really wasn't managing it the way I was supposed to, and a very important deadline came up, and I had almost had a full year on a credit card paying it on time, not missing any payments, not having having anyone needing to call me to say, hey, Miss Waddell, make your payment. Well, 
two months short of the year when it would become a regular credit card and not secured, I messed up. And I didn't stay on top of it. And it's unfortunate because when I went back to talk to that creditor to say, hey, my year is up, will you reevaluate you know, my account and let me know if it's going to be able to be an unsecured account. Well, those two months were very critical to me having to remain on a secured card for six uh, six additional months. So it's not heartbreaking because I had two options. They can pay off my account and close it and I'll be free and clear of it, or I can continue to work on my credit and they'll give me six months and then reevaluate it again. Now, because I wasn't focused on my goal and because I didn't have a big reason why I was working on repairing my credit, I didn't remain focused. And there could be something that very urgently needed to happen. And I want to say, although I messed up, there was something that needed to happen. My car completely died, and I had to get a brand-new car. So, And I I had to get a new-to-me car, but I ended up getting a brand-new car with less concerns on the front end of having to do any maintenance work on it, knowing that I'm working on some things and so the budget is tight because I'm trying to aggressively pursue repairing my credit, okay? So some pros and cons. The money I had stored up, it ended up having to go towards the car payment, which made everything else in the world tight. So I was working even harder because now we had to make sure we had this money coming in that I didn't have to concern myself with before, but it was needed. I have to get my son back and forth to school, and I I have to, you know, meet with clients, and I, I have to have a car. So the challenge now becomes in my mind is, geez, do I have a big enough reason why? Do I really want this? And I could relax back on my, you know, on my laurels, as people would say, and decide, you know what, I have a car, and I'm just going to maintain And one of the most frustrating things for me in life, for me, is to just sit back and let life happen. So I had to reevaluate and I had to ask questions, call my creditors and say, okay, I still have the same goal. I still want my credit to be in good shape. So what do I need to do? And she gave me the two options that I told you. One was to close it, to close the account and pay the credit card off or come back again in six months after paying six months on it on time, no missed payments, nobody needing to call me, and then reevaluate things. So I took the six-month option to reevaluate it. And just to be sure of what my goal is, what is it that I want to do? And I have to put that big why in front of me. This was not something I can consult my friends on. I could not talk to them about what was most important to me because why? Because why? Because it's not their their why. It's not their thing that is most important to them. My friends have other things that are more important to them. They may be working on relationship building, which has nothing to do with repairing your credit. They may want to lose weight and get into this um, weight loss contest or, um, you know, not weight loss contest, but what is a bodybuilding contest. They have other things other than credit to concern themselves with. So I could not rely on their truth on what I need. And with my mom, I couldn't rely on what it is that she needs because, She no longer needs to build her credit to purchase a home. She's in her home, and she's doing fine. She's doing fine, right? So finding your own truth when you're setting your goals, you have to determine what your big why is. Why am I doing this? If it's to travel around the world, if it's to go to, um, to, to, you know, just go see some exotic landmark that you've never seen before, what's your big reason? Are you going for a spiritual awakening? Are you going for historical reasons? message that you want to bring back to your kids, what's the reason? And usually 
99% of the time, that will be what holds you in the road, no matter what comes your way, because life is going to happen. Things are going to happen, and that trip you were planning for could get bumped to the side. And if you're so determined that you're going to go on that trip, you're no longer going to concern yourself with life happening. You're going to figure out how to solve that problem so you can get back to what you were planning to do, that trip, repairing your credit, getting into shape, repairing a relationship, whatever it is, you're you're going to have your reason why. So it's going to be your your formula, not what other people say, all right? So that's our finding your truth moment for today, focusing on your goals. And really the magic to focusing on your goals is knowing your why. In a moment we're going to talk with Attorney Bendell, and we're wanting to know how attorney, how not attorneys, how claim adjusters or insurance claims adjusters, how do they come up with what we get paid or what we don't get paid if the car is totaled or, or whatever it is? How do they come up with that? What is their formula? Are we being cheated? Are we getting the best deal? And how do you even know? So we're going to take a short break, and we're going to be right back, and we're going to get into a conversation with attorney Jim Bendell, personal injury attorney, who's going to be able to help us understand what's really going on. Are we being uh, are we being tricked, or is there a way for us really to know if we're getting the best option, or do we need to shop around? Like, I have a lot of questions, don't I? We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. This needs to be said.
All right, we're going to get started with Attorney Jim Bendell, and you don't want to miss this, so take your pen and paper out. If you weren't taking notes during the Find Your Truth moment, shame on you, but you have another opportunity to redeem yourself. Get your pen and paper out because Attorney Jim Bendell is going to talk with us about the, you know, just understanding what claims adjusters are doing and if we're getting, you know, the best deal, just asking the right questions. So welcome back. I'm Attorney Bendell. How are you? Fine. Pleasure to be with you on this call. All right. What I want to do is just turn over to you because I want to know why is it so important that we understand how insurance adjusters evaluate injury claims. Well, you have to understand that uh, claims adjusters basically take a cookie-cutter approach to claimants. Now, that may seem harsh, but you have to understand they may have 200, 300, 400 files, and they're not in a position to treat you as an individual. So if you have a car crash and you have a whiplash injury, a low back injury, uh, their thinking process is to put you in a particular category. And that's always been the case, you know, for decades back even when I started in this field. But now the cookie-cutter approach has gone to new heights because most of the insurance companies now have a computer program. Uh, the most common one is called Colossus, where they punch into their program how many uh, times you had to go to the chiropractor, or how many physical therapy treatments you've had, or how many times you've been to the orthopedist. And then based on that, their computer spits out a settlement number. And a lot of the insurance adjusters are instructed by home office to say, once you do that, you offer the claim at this amount and not a dime more. Hmm. And, the, the, of course, so the flaw in that system is that, that it doesn't measure pain. In other words, you may go to a chiropractor huh. three times and have mild pain, I may go to a chiropractor three times and, and in so much agony I can't get out of bed. So it takes what should be a subjective personal evaluation and tries to turn it into some sort of almost robotic view of people. Wow. That, and, and, I, and I understand that having so many people that they may have to deal with that, it makes it so impersonal. But me, the injured, what kind of questions like how can I make sure that I'm getting my pain included in that? How am I making sure that I'm getting everything that should be considered about me as a human outside of that robotic um, cookie-cutter approach that they're taking? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is to make a decision whether or not you have a small claim or a large claim. If you have a large claim, and we can, you know, dicker about what, what the definition is of an, a large claim, but statistics show that if people have a large injury claim, statistically they will get more money if they go to an attorney to represent them because the attorney's trained, especially an experienced personal injury attorney, he or she is trained to look for the true value of a case and overlook some of the computer-oriented uh, rigid thinking that's involved. Now, if you have a small claim, it may not be practical to get an attorney because the attorney takes a contingent fee, and if it's a small claim, that may gobble up a big ch uh, chunk of the case. So I would say that if the adjuster makes an offer, you need to ask the adjuster to break that down. So, for example, how much of it is for past medical care? Then you need to ask, well, how much have you set aside in this settlement for future medical care? 
I'm still going to a doctor. I'm still getting physical therapy, and my doctor says I may need it for another six months. Have you built that into the settlement number? Also, I had to go to the doctor 15 times. I have mileage. You need to pay me for the mileage. So you can ask the adjuster to break it down, and then at the end, what's left over should be pain and suffering. And pain and suffering is is something that's hard to measure with any precision. It's not like a a doctor bill or an x-ray bill. But if a person's been in a lot of pain, they've been laid up and they can't do gardening and they're having problems in their daily lives, and the insurance adjuster offers $350, you know you're not getting a fair settlement. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, so much... Of course, if we could not have any injuries happen, that would be a perfect world, but that's not the case. So as I'm thinking about doctor's appointments, because it seems like they happen so close together, every other day you may have to go to the chiropractor. You have so much, you know, just personal care. Um, Am I going to lose my job? You know, how do you recommend the person get themselves organized to even understand all of this stuff? I mean, I have to determine if it's a small or a large claim. What are some some bullet points to help me determine if what I have, you know, is not me being emotional, but it really is a small claim or really is a big claim? Well, I think the first thing would be what is the amount of cost of the initial treatment? So if the ambulance arrives at the car crash and they take you to the hospital emergency room and you spend three hours in the emergency room and then released you know, if you look at medical bills from hospitals today, it's hard to walk in the door without spending $1,000. So if you go in the emergency room, you have the emergency room hospital bill. They may do an X-ray. They may even do a CT scan or an MRI, and then the medication that they that they will issue to you. So if you had to go to the emergency room and get treated, uh, almost certainly they're going to recommend follow-up care, and I would think that would put it in the category of a claim that's large enough that would warrant an attorney. Now, on the other hand, let's assume you're in a car crash. The police get there. Somebody gets a ticket, hopefully the other driver. And well, you're kind of sore, but you cars drivable and you drive home. The next morning you wake up, you're kind of sore. You're hoping it'll go away. Then the second day you're still sore. At that point, you should get medical treatment as soon as possible for for two reasons. One, you want to get well. But two, if there's significant delay between the car crash and when you get your first medical treatment, the insurance adjuster will say, aha, something else must have happened because if you were really hurt in the car crash, you would have gone to a doctor right away. So if you go to a doctor maybe two or three days after the car crash and the doctor says, look, here's some anti-inflammatories, I'm going to give you two or three weeks of prescribed physical therapy, at that point you can consider the case in the category. And truthfully, the vast majority, maybe 80% of back injuries and low-speed car crashes resolve successfully within three to six months. But if you're still having back pain and back problems or any difficulty after that that window of time, then you need to talk to an attorney, in my opinion. All right. Well, Attorney Bindell, we're going to have you with us each month, every first Monday of the month, and I'm so happy about that. 
because there are things that people don't even know to think about. And as, you know, we gain momentum and people get a little more confident to call in and ask their own questions um, about personal injury things um, with you, uh, we definitely invite that. Um, We look forward to the topics that you're going to cover. Now, we're not going to hear from you for another month after this, so please let people know how they can get in touch with you outside of this needs to be said. Sure. I have a website, injuryinidaho.com, and uh, if you go to that website, you can download a free copy of my uh, personal injury book. It's oriented toward Idaho law, but your viewers and listeners may find it helpful even in their own states. I'm licensed in Idaho and Washington, but a lot of the principles in my book apply just about everywhere. So everyone's free to go to that website, download it, and I think that would answer a lot of the most uh, common questions people have who've been injured due to the negligence of others. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, and until next month, all right? All right. Look forward to it. Bye-bye. Bye now. This is exciting to me to get you informed and get you motivated about living your best life. So we've had current event poetry, we've had daily dose of weird news, and we've talked with a personal injury attorney. So the last thing to do for the day is to talk politics with Valerie Sun. So you stay tuned, and we'll have that coming up in just a little bit. And as we go on, I know it's going to take you all a little bit of time to get warmed up, to call in to ask questions, but it's okay. You can always email me at let's talk at this needs to be said dot com if you have a question even after the show is aired and I can reach out to the commentators to make sure they get it if you didn't um if you don't feel confident enough to do so it's okay. I can be your mouthpiece for a little bit. That's what I do here. Helping you find the best answers for you to lead your life and to make a connection for you. Sometimes you just need a personal connection to, you know, warm you up to talking to someone about something that's so sensitive a personal injury, you know, maybe you feel like you hadn't quite understood the process and you may be being treated as if you're not telling the truth, and how do you present yourself in the best way? So having someone like Attorney Vendell to help you is awesome, right? All right. So, yay, thank you. This needs to be said for offering such information that's going to help us be our best selves, be the best version of ourselves, okay? Listen, one of my good friends and of course, Pastor Goodson's wife is going to be doing an, an, a concert in Atlanta. So you want to go to Jane Nicole Ministries fan page on Facebook so that you can find out when and where she's going to be in Atlanta. It's going to be this month, but you don't want to miss it. I think it's the 21st, but if you go to Jane Nicole Ministries fan page on Facebook, you will get to get all the details, all right? This is Jay Nicole, and when I need to hear what needs to be said, I just tune into This Needs to Be Said. But I'm trying to be like you. Holy, holy, holy. 
Jennifer Dunstan and I am rocking with This Needs to Be Said. Take a listen to my new single, Get Lit. This is something sexy for you. Yes, you heard me, baby. Just for us two. Cause the world goes on in here. No passes. All imagination, buckle up, get ready, I'm pitching, are you catching? Everything you ever wanted, dreams coming true, you love me long time, so you gotta make it count. Let's light up the talk, spark up the chemistry, wherever we are, I just wanna get lit, let's get Wherever we are, I just wanna get lit. 
Deanna Heiliger from me to the power of we.com. Thank you for joining me for this segment of Mindset Minute. Today we're going to talk about got to or get to. And these short words are very similar. They're only different by one letter, but they carry a huge difference in meaning. And we're going to talk about that. I'm going to start off with a short little story. You can probably relate to this. I'm sure we've all been there. But the other day I was walking out to my car with a fellow teacher and mom friend a day after a day of teaching, and she asked me what I was going to do for the rest of the afternoon. And I replied simply, you know, I've got to go buy some groceries, then I've got to pick up my daughter Erin from cross country, then I have to go pick up my other daughter Ryan from student council and take her to the orthodontist, and then I have to go home and make dinner, help with homework, have them shower, and then I've got to put everybody to bed. So does this sound like a typical afternoon to you? If you're a mom, I'm sure it does. If you've been a mom, uh, I'm sure it does, and you can still relate. But even if you're not a mom, we all have chores, we all have errands, we all have business obligations, we have household duties. So we have got to do many things throughout the day. Well, I'm going to tell you that when we have got to do stuff, it's like a chore. It sounds sounds like a chore to us, and it feels like a chore. So uh, it makes everything kind of feel like a pain. So after, as I was driving away this same afternoon, I was reflecting on this brief conversation I had with my friend on the way to my car. And the more I reflected, the more I didn't feel so great. And maybe you can relate to this. Um, I felt like I was complaining about all the things that I had to do, and, and that didn't set well with me. It didn't feel good. And I began reflecting and thinking about all the people who are not able to do the things that I had had to do. You know, there are many people with physical handicaps that can't do these things. There are people separated from their children and family who would die to pick their kids up and take them to appointments and cook for them. There are people who are sick and bedridden, and there are people who've actually lost children, and they'll never get to do these things. So I just felt really badly about this. I felt like I was taking my life for granted. I felt that I was complaining about something that I should be very grateful for. So I realized that I was saying, I have got to, instead of, 
I get to. And it kind of has a sense of entitlement, almost like, you know, why should I have to do that? Why should I have to pick up my child from school and take her to the orthodontist? Well, you know what? Some people don't even have money to allow their children to have orthodontia or to buy groceries or to let them participate in after-school sports. So I was being very ungrateful, and I was, my words were showing entitlement, and that didn't feel good to me. So think about this. If you have got to do something, it is implying that you're doing something that you do not want to do. And contrarily, if you get to do something, then it's a privilege. And I think if we all start to kind of look at our lives and our errands and our daily chores and tasks and things we need to do with our children as a privilege, then we actually really do get to do these things. Because like I said, some people don't get to do these things and they wish they could. So let's kind of rephrase my story from earlier and just see if it feels a little different because it sure does to me. So, what are you doing today, this afternoon? And my response could be, I get to buy groceries. And then I get to pick up Erin from Cross Country, and I get to pick up Ryan from Student Council and take her to the orthodontist. And then I get to go home, and I get to make a healthy, yummy dinner instead of getting fast food that's not good for us. I get to help the kids with their homework. I get to have them shower so they're squeaky clean. And then I get to tuck them in bed. I get to kiss them goodnight and tuck them into bed. Now, doesn't that feel better? Doesn't it sound better? I think it does. It feels great. It feels that I'm grateful. It feels like I'm lucky. It feels like I'm present. It feels better. So the next time you say, oh, I got to do that, I've got to do that, think about how absolutely lucky you are that you get to do those things. I'm going to leave you with a quote and something that I would love for you to do. When you arise in the morning, think of what a privilege it is to be alive, to think, to enjoy, and to love, because it is a privilege. Thank you so much for joining me on this segment of Mindset Minute. To continue your journey to be a better you, connect with me at metothepowerofwe.com, because together is better. I want to compose you, write you into my sheets like Gershwin, craft midnight music with my fingertips, then place lyrics on your skin with my lips, intro insatiable, 16 kiss verse, hooked on your exhale, 16 stroke verse 2, anticipation bridges one minute to the next, 16 stroke verse again, orgasmic outro, classical, you are my rhapsody in blue. to my door, make my heart financially secure, I'm tired of paying 
for past mistakes, you are my winning lottery number. I buy scratch cards and dig through the wall you put over your heart with this hopeless pity. It has a hole where the wish of you has eaten through. It seems pointless, but it's all I have left of you. You are my job interview. I want to work for our love and hope that I've answered all your questions. I know this position comes with benefits. I want to retire in your arms. You are my dust. You are a light fading over a distant horizon, leaving me in darkness. Night is your fear of taking this leap of faith with me. I'll be waiting for dawn. So why are you so hesitant? I mean, come on over here and sit down. I mean, I, I, I don't understand what's going on. Getting late. What you got to be This is Poetic Grace, and when I need to hear what needs to be said, remember. 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 The next time he creeps in your mind, those hurtful feelings fill your heart. When you find yourself alone and lonely, 
Don't dwell on the times when you were in his arms, because those are the same arms that let you go. When you need to be kissed, and it's for him that you wish, remember the deceit and lies spoken from his lips. And if you need to be loved the way that you were used to by him, just remember the pain that you also went through. And if you think of how he has been the one who has loved you the most, just remember that he has also hurt you so much more than any other. There will be times when you want to go back or get into your love for him, but you better realize that his love for you wasn't as strong. Strive for self-survival. Remember.
Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. It's time to talk politics with Valerie Sun. How are you doing today? I am doing well. As we seem to have a beautiful day What's here. What's going on in the world of politics? Yeah, some of the things mm-hmm. that are taking place you know, um, that are um, happening that are interesting. Actually, it's always the case, but this week a couple of things that really are, are significant and important. One being we finally seem to be coming to a conclusion with uh, Loretta Lynch as the new attorney general, something we've talked about here many times here over the show, waiting on a confirmation to take place. Well, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted on Thursday to confirm U.S. Attorney Loretta E. Lynch as the next attorney general. That's going to pave the way for her likely confirmation by the full Senate, which is expected to vote on her nomination no longer than two weeks from now. They're saying potentially in the beginning of the next week, but certainly by the end of this month, she would totally be confirmed. Her confirmation should be complete. Now, by a vote of 12 to 8, the committee approved the nomination of Lynch. The U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of New York, and of course, she'd be the first African American female to take the reins of the Justice Department. Attorney General Eric Holder announced in September that he would step down as soon as the Senate approved the new nominee, which he should be doing soon. Senators Orrin Hatch out of Utah, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, and Jeff Flake of Arizona voted on with the committee's nine Democrats, those three guys being Republicans. They voted with the nine Democrats to approve Lynch's nomination. Now, several Republicans on the committee, including Senators Jeff Sessions John of Alabama and John Crennan of Texas, said they would oppose the nomination because of President Obama's executive action on immigration. Senate Democrats have expressed outrage that Lynch's nomination has been pending for 110 days, longer than any other attorney general nominee in history. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas and other Republicans said they will uphold Lynch's nomination on the Senate floor and have called all Republicans to join them, partly because she defended President Obama's action on immigration during her Senate confirmation hearing. Now, a vote on the Senate floor, again, could possibly come as early as next week, but the change in Senate rules in 2013, only a simple majority is needed for a Republican filibuster and confirm Lynch. Now, assuming the Democrats vote in her favor, which they've continued to do, she needs only four Republicans on the Senate floor to secure a majority. And it appears as if she already has that with the support she's already gotten. So we look now for it. It's about a, a highly possibility in the 90 percentile that our, our next attorney general will be Loretta Lynch again, who has strong, strong ties to North Carolina, again, her father being a very well-known minister in uh, Durham, North Carolina. She spent many years in Greensboro, and she's about very strong ties to the state of North Carolina. So it would be a uh, great thing to see this history take place. One of our own in North Carolina doing it, of course, being the first African-American female. So that's always a great thing whenever that takes place again. A minority appointed by President Obama. Speaking of President Obama, he will make his very first visit to South Carolina since winning uh, the state's Democratic presidential primary back in 2008. Now, the primary, he didn't win it, uh, the vote, but he won the primary back in 2008 over Hillary Clinton. Now, the president will attend a youth rally Friday at Benedict College. Many of us know Benedict has been a uh, small private HBCU in Columbia. Now, he will, his visit will come two weeks after Vice President Joe Biden swung through Columbia and Charleston, along with Anthony Fox. We talked about them last week, how they made stops in um, North Carolina as well as South Carolina on last week. Now, South Carolina is one of three states the president has not visited since the coming president, along with Utah and South Dakota. He's not made any um, any stops in those three states. The president has not come to South Carolina this week because it's one of the more Republican-dominated states in the entire country, according to Winston University political scientist Scott Hoffman, which we kind of already knew. The president failed to top Republican rivals in South Carolina on his way to victories in 2008 and 2012, actually losing kind of significantly 
2012. So this is a heavily, heavily red state. South Carolina Democrats, who actually did support the president, including former state representative Bakari Sellers and former state party chairman Dick Haldeman, they now played the president's delay in coming to the state saying basically other obligations to come out. There really was no specific reason he had not come. South Carolina Democratic Party Chairman Jamie Harrison uh, went on record saying that he hopes the president's visit will also include that of visiting young Democrats in a state where the party is looking to overtake a, again, overwhelmingly large Republican majority. Anyone he could get in, any voters he could possibly swing the other way would be advantageous to the Democratic Party. Now, the head of the South Carolina Republican Party sent out a statement about how the president has avoided the state because of his unpopular policies, including his health care insurance law. The governor, of course, we wanted to hear from Governor Haley, who, of course, is a Republican. She's been critical of some of the White House policies, but she said she did welcome the president to South Carolina and looks forward to sitting and speaking with him. The president's trip was announced Sunday by U.S. Representative Jim Clyburn, the House third-ranking Democrat who lives in Columbia. In a statement, of course, Clyburn thanked Benedict College President David Swift for hosting the president and allowing a lot of this to take place on his campus, but, of course, it would have taken somewhere else had he not. Um, the absence from South Carolina came after a very decisive victory again in 2008 over uh, then U.S. Senator Hillary Clinton. Boy, that's the last time that he uh, was there. Now, the victory speech in Columbia after the primary was the last bit to South Carolina. They did mention here that his wife had a strong tie to South Carolina with her great-grandfather, uh, actually having a lot of history down in Georgetown County. So looking forward to seeing the president, whatever he comes this close to. Uh, the city of Charlotte is always a big thing, I think, whenever the president comes to town. But, again, very significant that this will not only be coming for the first time, but more than likely his last time that he will come to today's South Carolina under these circumstances. I uh, stand with President Obama. He said on uh, Friday that the deaths of unmarked black men in Missouri and New York show that law enforcement needs to change practices and build trust in minority communities. With the White House Task Force recommending independent outside investigations when police use deadly force. Now, the president said the deaths of Michael Brown and Ferguson, Eric Garner in New York, exposed deep-rooted frustration in many communities of color around the need for fair and just law enforcement, which many of us felt not only in those cities, but throughout the country. Now, the president said the task force found great interest in developing the best practices for police training to reduce bias and help officers deal with stressful situations. He recognized particularly controversial recommendations would be the need for independent investigators in federal police shootings, basically saying whenever there's a fatal shooting, there's an independent study be done on what takes place, how exactly that happened, and come back with further details, which is one thing he looked into with this task force. Now, the task force echoed calls from officials, including uh, Attorney General Eric Holder and FBI Director James Comey, for more complete record tracking about the numbers of police-involved shootings across the country. Such data is currently reported by local law enforcement on a voluntary basis. There is no central or reliable repository for those statistics. It just kind of goes off whatever they have, and again, is reported by each local enforcement. The task force held several public hearings that include testimonies from more than 100 people. The panel also met with leaders of groups advocating the rights of blacks, Hispanics, Asians, veterans, gays, disabled, and others. So you're kind of putting them all in one group, a part of this task force. But again, one of the main things you're looking into is exactly how this is happening, getting more and more information, something that had not been spoken on by any other presidency, where you're now going to have a task force that's inside to basically get more and more information when there is a fatal police shooting. Now, anyone uh, on the side of my voice, anyone here in the city, that really wants to get a good idea of exactly how politics work when there's a controversial issue, should make sure they're down at the government center tonight. 
Because tonight will be one of those nights where it will be a long meeting. It will be a very uh meeting. It will be a lot of outspoken opinions in this meeting. Because what's going to take place tonight is that city council is actually going to make a decision on lesbian, gay, and transgender rights. Now, what's going to happen already today, dozens of supporters have proposed ordinances to ban discrimination against being lesbian, gay, bisexuals, transgenders from rallying. I mean, there's a rally going on upside. It's taking place already where you have people from both sides debating, already going about how they feel on both sides of this, and it's got to come down to city council. Again, there's something we talked about last week that had been postponed until tonight because it's something they're going to they anticipate spending a lot of time on coming up with a definitive decision tonight. My understanding is already had more than 85 people to sign up to come down and speak. Because, again, here on the show, we encourage you all the time. You have every right to go down and sign up. There's a two-minute limit, and you absolutely get an opportunity to say what it is on your mind and speak your mind. And perhaps you'll get as far as perhaps you want, but you certainly can come down and express your views on any subject. But when there's hotbed topics like this, you're going to get more and more people coming down. That will be, a uh, again, a very big meeting tonight and a very big decision because it will affect what takes place with so many of us. Now, if the ordinance passes, what's going to happen is that taxi drivers can no longer refuse to take lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender passengers. Businesses often goods and services cannot discriminate against consumers, and companies can be barred from doing businesses with the city for two years if any discrimination is found. The most contentious provision of this whole ordinance would allow transgender people to use the restroom in which they feel more comfortable. Opponents say that could make women and children very vulnerable to potential assault from sexual predators if biological males choose women's restrooms. Basically, if there's a biological male who lives his life as a woman, he would then, by law, be allowed to go into the women's restroom, and, of course, vice versa. Trans people, as they refer to, say they're already using restrooms that match their gender and they identify with. This just makes it so they can't be harassed when they do so. Nobody's going to be able to prey on another individual in the bathroom. There are always laws to protect against that, and that's something about protecting transgenders who also deserve to be in safe bathrooms is a complaint of those on that side. Opponents also say the change will require business owners to violate their religious beliefs by serving people who are gay or transgender. So the two issues that you really have at hand for tonight is what should be done, what are the legal laws for those that are transgender, and exactly how it should be dealt with legally. One, again, with them being able to use the restroom of their choice. Again, you have a transgender man, one of the females in the restroom, or female going to a male's restroom, and any discriminatory policies that right now are not in place as far as going into businesses, going into any kind of establishment, and feeling any kind of discrimination. They now have ground to stand on for a lawsuit, which, of course, they did before, but not to this magnitude, but now you got something in writing. This takes place in each city. So, again, this is kind of a precedent being set, because once that's put into place, this is something we are, as citizens, as business owners, as everyone involved, going to have to follow this to do it in the end alone. So you're going to have probably, I would suspect tonight, about half and half, you're going to have probably 40 people on both sides of this thing coming and expressing their views and saying why it is important that transgenders have the same rights as every other citizen, which legally they do not have now because, again, many discriminating practices against them, their lawsuits aren't, aren't followed up on the same basis. And, of course, they're saying they're being made uncomfortable when using public restrooms. Now, the Supreme Court has turned away an appeal for same-sex marriage opponents in the state of California who want to keep their identities of their campaign donors secret. And I suggested on Monday, let's stand a lower court ruling against protectmarriage.com, which is the national organization for marriage and other supporters, 
2008 ballot initiative that outlawed same-sex marriages in California until, of course, the ban was overturned about five years ago. The group sought to conceal their past and future campaign finance records because they feared harassment of donors. Now, the ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled against them in part because the names have been publicly available for those last five years. Now, the state law requires political committees to identify those who contribute more than $100 during or after a campaign, along with a donor's address, occupation, and report. So this would be, of course, if I'm running and you make a $1,000 donation to me, your name comes out, now we have to list what it is you do, your occupation, everything about you, of course, based on now whatever your preference may be, that can have a, have a bearing on whether or not you would donate money. Because, again, there are those who don't want everything about them being revealed or their information all that. They'd rather just make a donation. If that donation is not reported, then, of course, you run the risk of some of the other things we've covered here over the years with uh, campaign funds and where they're going and how they're attributed and where exactly they're coming from. So you run into that risk. So it's kind of a tricky situation when you do that with donors because many of them do want to remain as anonymous as possible. Good news in North Carolina for actually teacher pay. Uh, Governor McCoy was actually in that city on last week, and he said beginning teacher pay would raise $35,000 on their budget proposed and, again, unveil Governor McCoy. The state would also set aside money that principals could use to pay teachers at the CC to reward teachers for taking on more responsibility or to recruit teachers in hard to field positions. McCoy also outlined several other education proposals expected to be part of the North Carolina budget or other legislation this season. A total of $291 million in additional money for K-12 education over the current year. More money for instructional materials, with discretion given to principals on whether to use it on textbooks, computers, or other areas. You must expand wireless Internet access in schools, a particular issue in county and rural areas. Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools finished putting Wi-Fi in all classrooms early this year. A review of standardized testing with the possibility of dropping tests when determined to be unnecessary has been the complaint of many parents. A pay raise for beginning teachers who mark the second year in a row that early career teachers will get more money while more experienced teachers would not. First-year teachers currently make about $33,000 a year right now. McCarty said the school district could use discretionary pay to boost salaries for those teachers if, in fact, they desire for each county. So I think that's always a good news when teachers are receiving more money. It's a big complaint of many teachers and parents, and here's a good thing coming by the governor of McCarty. Uh, the Wake County judge has refused to dismiss the challenge of a North Carolina voter ID law, saying that the rule issued on last Friday that most claims and lawsuits are strong enough to go to trial. So he's basically saying he's not going to dismiss this. He does not see it as being frivolous and that there is grounds to stand on. Now, Judge Mike Morgan dismissed two of the six claims made by the League of Women Voters of North Carolina and the uh, A. Philip Randolph Institute and five female voters who contend that requiring voters to show photo ID at the polls violates the North Carolina state constitution. Now, attorneys for legislators behind the 2013 election laws overall agreed that three weeks ago, Morgan had the case and it should be dismissed outright and that no one will be prohibited from voting if they did not have a separate form of ID. Well, attorneys for lawmakers contend that because an ID will not be necessary to cast a mail-in absentee ballot, that the challenge arguments have no merit, which, of course, has a basis. If I wanted to do an absentee ballot, there's no way you could do any ID on that. But Morgan ruled that he could not make a final decision to hear evidence in both cases. Now, the ruling comes three weeks after a day-long hearing in the Wake County Superior Court, where a, quali- where a qualification was set out as being very minimal for what exactly would be required for this. The only thing that's required now for voting is that a person be at least 18, a North Carolina resident, and not a felon, unless rights to citizenship have been restored. The North Carolina Constitution 
explicitly allowed the General Assembly to enact general laws governing something that's very important to know. Over the past 147 years, pages and pages of laws related to that topic have been added to the general statute. By contrast, lawmakers cannot change voter qualification without North Carolina voters themselves weighing in on the matter. That's kind of where you have discrepancy back and forth. At issue in the Wick County Courtroom Friday is whether requiring IDs to polls should be considered a qualification for voting or extension of the registration process because lawmakers have the authority to kind of tweak and move around. Republican lawmakers push for the requirement intending to prevent voter fraud and build confidence in the election results. But few cases of voter fraud have ever actually been prosecuted. The case in Wake County Superior Court is not the only legal challenge to election laws um, over on in 2013. Of course, we've been following and talking about how the NAACP and others have filed lawsuits in federal court. They contend that the 2013 overhaul discriminates against African Americans, Latinos, and voters younger than 25. They're seeking to block provisions that same day registration couldn't occur. They want to curb the number of days in which people can vote early, do away with popular teen pre-registration programs, and prohibit people from casting ballots out of their assigned precinct. Those are the things the Republicans have already put out and have already stated that that's what they want to take place. They also listed voter ID requirements and provision that would hit African-American, Latinos, college-age voters the hardest. Federal and state court, that many voters, often poor minorities, don't have the necessary documents or money to get photo IDs. Advocates for the change have argued that voting rules have been the same effect for all voters. In his ruling on Friday, the judge threw out claims made by the challengers. He dismissed arguments that the voter ID requirement represents an unconstitutional property ownership requirement and that it trespasses against the guarantee of free elections. North Carolina voter ID requirement is set to take effect in 2016, which is very important. We've talked about it here a lot, but going into next year, these requirements are going to take place. The trials in the state and federal court are expected to be resolved before then. So we're looking now in March of this year, you're looking at a little less than a year, a little over a year, rather, for the primaries of 2016 for these two things to take place in a very significant because they're going to have a huge impact on what we do and exactly how we vote, many of us, uh, coming in 2016. One thing we've covered and talked about here quite a bit is uh, the situation down at South Carolina State University. But now a proposal has been made. The board hopes to have a deal actually by next Wednesday that will cut ties with President Thomas Delsey, who trustees put on paid leave earlier last week. That decision was part ways, I'm sorry, decision to part ways did not stop the board Thursday from approving a plan developed by EZ to cut $2.25 million from the school's budget starting July 1st, primarily through faculty and staff cuts. The school has a deficit of more than $17 million. The board also gave the go-ahead Thursday to a three-year, $20 million fundraising campaign. I have the proceeds from that campaign will go toward paying off schools' unpaid bills, including more than $11 million owed to vendors. The rest of the money from the Preserving the Legacy campaign will go to scholarships, technology, academic programs, and faculty recruitment. So you're letting faculty go to recruit different faculty. I don't want the implication to be that this faculty is not a good faculty. You should simply be getting more. Now, um, the, uh, in the envelope session that was closed, trustees discussed Exactly how the power weighs with Elsie. The president being hired less than two years ago from the Citadel, um, according to board attorney Ken Chills. The board hopes to have a separation agreement between Elsie when trustees meet on next Wednesday. <clears throat> Excuse me. A group of black state lawmakers and U.S. Representative Jim Clyburn, who is a Columbia Democrat and a South Carolina State alum, called for Elsie's ouster after failing to stem the school's deficit. The president kind of inherited So it's also fair to say that there was a certain income in the two years he's been there. He already inherited a lot of this. LZ has said the board would not finally suggest to make deeper cuts to the school's budget. 
The school has made $1.3 million in budget cuts since July, including closing the dorm. Those cuts did not prevent the school deficits from increasing by more than $1 million since January 1st. So imagine already having a very large deficit. Here you put another million on that deficit. Now, Elder could receive the remainder of his state pay, which is more than $400,000 at this point, if fired without cause, according to his contract. South Carolina State trustees third to blame media reports about the school's financial woes for increased scrutiny from our creditors and have placed the school on probation, citing his financial and governance issues. Now, ahead of his new April review of the school, the Southern Association of Colleges and School Commissions, all colleges, and asked for new information about financial controls at the university and ties to the school foundation. The commission will actually vote in June on South Carolina State's accreditation status, which will be a tremendous uh, decision because that decision is going to have a, a huge bearing on not only current students, current alumni, but the taxpayers in the state of South Carolina because, again, we can't emphasize enough, uh, something many people weren't aware of. That South Carolina State University is the only historically black college university in the state of South Carolina that's actually getting state-funded. Every other school there is a private school. And so it's the largest uh, HBCU in the state, and, again, it has a tremendous uh, alumni base, as well as the number of students that are there now. So uh, it looks as if closing it won't be the option, but there's certainly going to be a lot of change taking place in uh, the state of South Carolina on the Board of Trustees, as well as what's taking place at South Carolina State. And one last thing, speaking of South Carolina, South Carolina Democratic Party has a new executive director. His name is Jason Perkins. He's the former executive director of the Kansas Democratic Party. Now, the South Carolina Democratic Party chairman, Jamie Harrison, announced the addition on Friday. Now, Perkins was the CEO Connor Hurley, who took the director's job in March of 2014 after Amanda Loving left after three years to become communications director for U.S. Representative Jim Clyburn. Perky directed Kansas State's party for two years, according to a news release. Before that, he worked on the presidential, gubernatorial, congressional, state legislative, and municipal campaigns in Kentucky, Illinois, and Virginia. Perky is the president of the Association of State Democratic Executive Directors and is a political partner with Truman National Security Project. So it's always good when someone is uh, appointed and getting a new position. So we want to make sure that we do highlight that though. And that is now the new executive director of the South Carolina Democratic Party. And, again, those are some of the things that have been taking place and are taking place uh, this week, kind of nationally, locally, and statewide, where, again, there's never been really a double. There's a certain things we kind of highlight and talk more about here on the show than we do others. As your challenges each week, or that I say each week, you're never going to miss information. You'll get a lot of good information simply by tuning into the news, listening to your local radio, and, of course, reading the newspaper, whether you're doing it in print or whether you do it online. There's never going to be a time on the news within the first five minutes you don't hear something political taking place. And that's also the case in reading the newspapers because you're going to see on the front page and invariably almost every day, I don't think there's been a day I read or even walk can find a time where there was nothing political on the front page or certainly inside the front page of almost every major newspaper in every city. So reading and seeing those things makes you very uh, informed or politically astute, as you like to say, when you get that information now intact. And then it's always the easiest way to do it because when you become informed, just like about what's going to happen tonight down at the city council, when you become informed and you have facts, then you can make a legitimate argument, then you can go down and state your case to not only your local and state officials, but you can also do it amongst your peers and others as you're talking intelligently about what's taking place. So that's always a challenge to go in and watch and see as much of the news, again, and reading and print, as much as you can see uh, on things that are taking place politically. Now, as far as contacting us, the easiest way, as always, is going on Facebook, going to Valerie Sun, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, Valerie Sun, 
when you do so, you will see the link to Talking Politics. On Talking Politics, you will see many things. You will see many members that are on there. You will see many articles. You will see comments. You will see various different things that pertain to uh, politics and Talking Politics in general. You also can go to my favorite app on the phone, the one that I use every day. You, know, you get the elephant in the room, you go to This Need to Be Said. Once you go to your app and you download that app, which now is available on every phone, whether it's a Galaxy, Android, iPhone, you are able to go on now and hear not only this segment of this show, The Great Space, every week, but so many great people to come on and give so much great information about a variety of different things. And again, I'm informed on so many things from current events to things happening in the world to cooking to religion, so many things that I'm able to be attuned to by listening to that app. So by doing so, you will, again, be able to find and hear many of the things that you hear on this show that you may have missed, as well as other parts and other segments of it. So those are the two easy things to do. And, again, that challenge is always there to kind of do those three things, watch the news, log on, and see the information here that's taking place, and, of course, listen and hear many of the opinions of so many other people here on this uh, on these airwaves. Well, as always, you keep us informed with what's going on, and I see that it's going to be some excitement tonight um, with one of the meetings, but I'm I'm stuck on this. Are there cab drivers that was refusing transgender or homosexual couples? I, I I can't even imagine that that's even something that would go through their mind. Their job is to transport. Absolutely. Uh, um, I, not only was that taking place, but they you know there yes there were remarks, there were comments, there have been some lawsuits behind that. Many of them saying they weren't even uh, picked up. Or, you know, you call, they come, and then they, there's an issue once the cab driver gets there. Cab drivers, of course, on the other side saying that they felt uncomfortable. So that's one of the reasons something has to be put into place legally so that won't happen again because cab drivers kind of say they're at their own discretion to pick up a customer. I guess that's the same as if someone is unruly or whatever be the case, they pull up for whatever reason they decide not to pick up. I get the unruly part, but, the, I, yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad this is taking place and that they're going to have a conversation about this, and I hope that it turns out favorably that we are just accepting humans and not um, trying to choose for them for them to live our way. That's one of those things that definitely is a big elephant in the room. I'm looking forward to your update on that because I won't be at the meeting on this evening, but I'm sure you or a representative for you will be, so we'll get an update on what went on yes. during the meeting. So thank you so much, and we'll see you back here on next week. All right? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day. <laughs>